Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Back Chat. Welcome to Move with Scoliosis, your channel for everything about yoga, movement for scoliosis and back care. Um, welcome if this is your first time here for Back Chat. Uh, so today we're actually doing a Q&A session and I've got lots and lots of questions that um, we always receive in the, in the Facebook group. This is a free Facebook group which you are more than welcome to join if you have scoliosis, if you have a loved one with scoliosis and you're just looking for more resources and a little bit of a community and just connecting with some other people as well who have scoliosis. Um, so you can find us there at Yoga for Scoliosis Community if you want to join us. So I'm answering questions from that today. And I can see there's a few of you joining here me in the, in the chat today. So feel free to come and say hello. Um, let us know where you're from. Let us know if you've got any specific questions. Now, a lot of the questions that I have found that I was going to answer today are about pain, um, because I think that is a really, really, really important uh, topic. And it's something that obviously we're all concerned with. Nobody wants to have pain, right? So that is kind of going to be the, the general topic, but obviously um, feel free to use the, the chat. And if I'm looking to the side, I've got a, another device here where I'm just looking at the, the comments as well. So I'm not um, ignoring anyone. But yes, welcome. Let me know if you're hearing me okay. And just before we dive in, just a little reminder um, for those of you who are seeing my face regularly, maybe on, on Instagram, who've done already, who's done already a lot of the, the videos, maybe my practice videos on YouTube. If you enjoy them and you want a little bit more um, accountability, if you're, if you're wanting to kind of continue with a weekly practice, then feel free to join us in the Shine membership. Now we have a special offer at the moment for the next two days still, where we offer you the first month's half price, which is 24.50 in pounds, which is an amazing deal considering that you're getting um, two live classes a week and they will they are always recorded as well. So if you're not in the same time zone as me, you can catch up afterwards. We've got all sorts of workshops in there. So some great sessions with people like Ed Padgett, uh, Meredith Weiss, who's a Schroth therapist, um, a lot and lots of people who know lots of things about scoliosis and uh, teaching us basically all the different approaches. And I think that is important. There is no one way that is works for everyone. Um, unfortunately, we all have to find our own way. And uh, yes, so for me, this has always been yoga. Um, but more recently, those of you who know, I've been kind of 
threading in some more Pilates exercises because I found them to be very, very helpful in my body, uh, which is also obviously we don't always need the same things at every age. We all change, of course, and we need different things at different times. Good. So again, feel free to let me know in the comments if you've got any specific questions. And um, otherwise, I'm just going to go through the ones that I've got in the in the Facebook group. Good. So one of the things I kind of came across um, just looking at different different kind of chat rooms and things uh, about scoliosis recently was this this idea about um pain is or people going to to see their doctor and then the doctor saying well scoliosis doesn't cause pain this is in your head so let me know if this sounds familiar to you if this has happened to you um like not being taken seriously basically especially as an adult i think as if if it's a child people are usually a little bit more um interested let's say hi liz Liz is saying hello, um, lovely regular here and Shine member or former Shine member as well. She's taking a little bit of a break right now. But um, yes, so, so this idea that you're kind of almost like making you feel like you're making things up or this is not quite right or you're imagining your pain. Now, nobody why would you right why would you want to imagine your pain of course nobody wants to have pain but what i would say to that and maybe that sometimes you know uh, maybe health professionals maybe not explaining themselves properly what they mean uh, with this exactly but what i would say about this is that pain is always in your head always 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 so pain is is literally it's just a response from your brain because it feels that you are somehow under threat so that is all that pain is it's it's kind of a um not a kind of a signal yes it's a response to something threatening happening and the job of your brain is to keep you safe of course the primary job of your brain is to make sure that you do not die and that nothing bad ever happens to you. So um, pain is just one of the ways that your brain kind of helps you to react, basically. So what this means and what it doesn't mean, what it definitely doesn't mean is that there is always a threat. And we know this, obviously. Um, well, maybe you have experienced this in your body. For example, um, if you've got if you're giving a speech or something like that public speaking is, is is one of the ones where we very often feel threatened and um maybe you've you've ever experienced nerves and you're starting kind of to sweat or your heart starts to beat really fast this is a response right because we feel under threat so we know that there is a link and that it it also doesn't always have to be something physical so this could could be something um, the brain basically can't tell the difference if you're if you're about to be punched by someone physically or if your mother-in-law is saying something horrible about your new haircut. 
for the brain, this is kind of the same thing. So it feels like a, a stab, basically, or it feels like a punch. Um, it's the same amount of threat. So we have to keep this in mind that pain does not always mean that there is something physically wrong. And we know this because there, there have been studies and, and um, you know, people have researched this. It's not like everyone who's got the same injury has got the same amount of pain. For example, about flip discs and things like this, there are studies which show that a lot of people actually have uh, problems with their discs and even herniated slip discs, whatever, and they have no pain. And then there's other people that have disc problems and they have pain. So how can this be that some people have got pain and that some people don't have pain? So same thing goes for scoliosis. So we know that there is no direct relationship between, for example, um, somebody with a 60 degree cob angle curvature having more pain than somebody with a 20 degree cob angle curvature having less pain. Um, there is no direct relationship there. Actually, I have found when working with people that it's very often people who have got a smaller curvature that actually have got more pain. So how does this help us? Obviously, um, maybe you're saying, well, Christine, this does not help me at all with my pain. Where is it coming from? All I'm saying is we have to kind of dig a little bit deeper and it might not always be kind of what it seems. And sometimes having your x-ray isn't super helpful. Um, and that might be a little bit counterintuitive. What I usually say, obviously, it's good to know your curve because then you can work with it. But sometimes people get really scared, right? If this is, especially if you've just been newly diagnosed, seeing your x-ray can be really, um, it can be scary, right? How, you know, seeing this big curvature and how are you even walking around um, like this? Obviously, this can be scary. And this in itself can be a threat. So this can be can feel threatening for your brain. And I'm not saying that the scoliosis, that the, the, the diagnosis will then kind of cause the pain. I'm not, not saying that. But it might also not help in... Um, reducing the threat. So this is basically what we need to do. We need to reduce the threat to your brain that it doesn't start to give you pain. So how do we do this? Um, let's have a little look who's here. So Patrick is here from New Hampshire. Tracy is here. Um, so she's saying, I discovered that it had an 8% and I'm guessing that you mean a degree. So usually scoliosis is um, measured in degrees and I don't know if you mean eight degrees because that would technically not be a scoliosis this would be a very very small curvature where my spine curves it's squeezing my sciatica the professor who I went to says it's too dangerous to operate yeah so sometimes um, especially mm, kind of very low lumbar scoliosis, things like this can sometimes, you know, if it's too close to, to nerves and, and things like this, 
they sometimes say it's, it's better not to touch it and just to kind of leave it and uh, manage the pain differently and manage the, the symptoms, which I completely agree with, obviously, and I'm not a spinal surgeon anyway. So obviously they know what they are doing, but surgery is not the only way to, um, to deal with this, of course. So Tracy is saying, yes, so it was degrees. Okay. Okay, so uh, Nyla, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, saying I have s scoliosis, let's bring it across here, um, where my lumbar is pushed in and my upper back is pushed back out. Any stretches to help? So you could be talking about two different things here. So you could be, and if I'm drawing in the, in the air, um, I would be looking for at someone from the back and it, it looks like you're, spinous curve this way but it could also be that you're talking about a kyphosis which is if i look from you look at you from the side and your spine goes outwards and then inwards so that is a very very different um condition sometimes related sometimes it goes hand in hand but it's good to clarify this so what do you actually mean is it a scoliosis so that would be a sideways curvature or is it the kyphosis where it's like looking from the side and like a rounding of the back and then an inward um, curvature at the bottom? So you might want to clarify this. So she's saying my lower half is 20 degrees, top is 100 degrees. Um, so that sounds more like a, like a scoliosis, of course. Okay, Liz is saying, yes, compression is painful. No amount of stretching lasts. Just have to rest, but don't want to rest. Have too much to do at this time of the year. Yes, everyone does, right? We just want to get on with our lives. We don't want to, uh, we don't want pain, right? Um, but one of the things I would say to this, and resting is good, um especially if there is kind of inflammation going going on and things like this but if we come to this idea of that we probably have pain because of the threat that might mean um that maybe some movements or something that you're doing is causing your brain basically to freak out so that's how i like to to look at it and that doesn't mean that you should just be sitting on the sofa and not doing anything, even though your brain might quite like this, right? Because then you're, my goodness, you're safe. Um, but in the long term, you're not actually safe, right? You, you are going to get problems, obviously. So we have to differentiate a little bit and we cannot always take things too seriously, what our brain is saying that. And I'm not saying to ignore pain, by the way. I'm saying that maybe it's not that one thing that I'm doing. Maybe it's a combination of different things that are causing my brain to freak out. And stress is one of these things, unfortunately. So having too much to do um, and already kind of, if we, if we talk about a, a bucket, a threat bucket, right? And you're like, you're having to do all these things. I don't know, maybe you're a carer, maybe you're looking after someone. Um, maybe you've got all these things that you need to do. Maybe you've got children. Maybe you've, you've got to sort out your garden. You've, you're worried about money. 
um, you need to make sure that you've, you've got your income. And then on top of that, you see yourself in the mirror and you're standing like this. And um, that already, so all of this together can give you pain, right? So we have to kind of be a little bit more holistic about these things. So it's not just one thing, probably, most likely, that is leading to the pain. If it was, then everyone who has got, for example, this, uh, let's say, 20 degree lower lumbar um, scoliosis and top 100 degrees that um, Nyla was saying, would have the same amount of pain. But that's not true. So I have worked with plenty of people over the last eight years or so. And there are people out there who've got very big pronounced curvatures and they have no pain. And there's people who have got small amount of curvature and they do, um, and they do have pain. Again, this does not mean that they are imagining it and that it's, well, as somebody, somebody said, my doctor said, oh, um, it's all in my head. I would now you can go back to him and say, yes, of course, it's in my head because it's the brain that actually creates that pain. Um, but where is it coming from? Right. So I want to go into um, into one question and I'll come back to yours, Nyla, as well. I want to go to a question from Kathy in the Facebook group who's saying, I have developed stabbing pain on my hip to the point that I, I'm having to begin to walk with a cane. It hurts most when moving the leg out or up. I'm in my 60s and have dealt with scoliosis since 13. I have learned how to deal with the pain and just keep going through the years. But this pain has me feeling very debilitated. The doctor says I have some minimal arthritis in hip, but not enough to warrant hip replacement. Just so tired of dealing with the additional pain on top of scoliosis. Wondering if this is muscular pain as a result of a curve and body trying to compensate. How do you keep going so you can re remain active? And I think this is a great question and, and uh, lots of lots of different things going on in there as well. So first of all, I would say to this hip pain and scoliosis. Um, yes, they they kind of do hand in, go hand in hand. So especially if you've got lumbar scoliosis or if, you, if you've got a very big thoracic scoliosis even and you've got a compensation curve going on in the uh, in the lumbar, the hips are also affected. So you can almost see it as a, in this case, as a reverse Jenga tower, you know, where, where we're kind of putting things on top, but we're kind of going from the top down. So if there is a curvature there, the body lower down compensates the other way, and then it compensates again the other way. So obviously the hips, they might be, and I did an Instagram post actually about this this week, the hips might be tilted. They might also be rotated and even kind of twisted and that one hip goes forwards and the other hip kind of tilts backwards. So there is a lot of things going on. Sciatica, somebody said um, before. So obviously if there's a nerve that kind of gets in the way as well, um, there, there can be lots and lots of things going on. So again, 
Um, but it might just be one of the things, right? So it might not be that one thing that is creating your pain. It might be a number of things. So we kind of have to become a little bit of a detective here and maybe notice um, when is your pain worse? When is it better? And, and also, you know, after what I was saying about threat, I'm hoping that this helps what other things are going on in your life right now that could be causing your brain to freak out and mean and kind of think that you are under threat. So um, obviously, so Kathy wants to know, well, what do I do about this, right? So she is saying, how do I keep going? So, so to remain active and that's kind of what um, Liz was saying as well so she's she's saying it's no amount of stretching is, is helping um, um, and resting well we know maybe in the short time short term this might be a good idea but in the long term we know that this is not a good idea by the way so if we come back to this idea about threat um, what do you think happens if you do not move your body at all for long periods of time. Do you maybe think that it could be that if you then move that your brain is going to freak out and say, well, this is way too scary for me. This is threatening. I'm going to give you lots and lots of pain so that you don't move. If you then don't move, things will start to um, not work so well anymore. So again, this is this is true, right? Joints can start to basically not function anymore. Things start to lock up. Uh, muscles are like, well, if we're not being used, we might as well go. Um, so it's kind of a vicious cycle here. So you do have to keep moving. Um, but you might just have to change the way that you move and you might have to change the maybe the dosage so there, there's a lot of things that we can tweak here right maybe you don't have to do a one hour yoga lesson or one hour yoga class once a week maybe you do five minutes of a yoga but do it every day so maybe kind of looking at those things so i would say to kathy how do you keep going and remain active think of think of maybe reducing maybe the amount of exercise if you think that it's too much and also think about the um the things that you do during the day right so uh, for example i'm going to take liz as an example she's saying she's got too much to do this year um this time of the year so she can't rest well I would say to that, what is it that you're doing? So what are your activities that you need to do? Maybe um, you're doing a lot of gardening, right? Maybe you are working somewhere where you have to stand a lot and be, be on your feet for, for long periods of time. So what are those things that you need to be able to do? And then you can kind of think about well what does this mean for me what do i need in my movement practice right to help me with this sort of thing so obviously if you are a um, professional gymnast and you're doing all sorts of kind of acrobatics you're on your hands and you're doing gymnastics 
and things like that all day long, my advice will be very different to, for example, Liz, who's just saying it's gardening and housework, right? You will need different parts of your body and you will need um, different muscles, of course. So let's take gardening and housework, for example. What happens obviously with our back if we're doing gardening, especially and housework, probably we're going into this type of situation here, right? So everything that you're doing is probably going to be looking down and lifting things. Um, it's probably all kind of with, with your hands. Now, if you are very one-sided or one-handed, maybe you're just using one hand and you're kind of bringing in a twist in there as well. So what do you need, obviously, for your body? And it doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing. It just means, well, maybe if you're doing an hour of gardening, maybe you need to spend for every hour, and I'm just coming up with this number right now, maybe you need 15 minutes of resetting after this for every hour of gardening, 15 minutes of resetting and looking after yourself afterwards or before. Just to kind of uh, make sure that your body can can cope with this. And again, this very much depends on the individual what exactly this this might be. But obviously, if Liz is telling me she is she's doing gardening and housework, I'm not going to have her do lots and lots of forward bends in her in her yoga practice. She doesn't need to practice this. She probably needs to release her hip flexors because they might be short and tight. Um, she also needs to open up through the chest. So these muscles, pectoral muscles, might be short and tight. The trapezius might be overstretched and weak. The glutes might be quite weak as well. So it, it's kind of thinking about all these little um, places and making sure that your brain doesn't feel under threat, basically. And obviously, what could this threat be of being in this, this position all day long? Um, well, your muscles are probably holding on for dear life here at, in, in the back because you don't want to be falling onto your face and injuring your head and your brain. So um, thinking about it this way, I'm, I'm hoping that this, this, this helps. And again, it doesn't mean so. So Liz was saying no amount of stretching is, is helping right now. Well, maybe it's not the stretching that is helping in, in your case. Maybe it's a little bit more of the strengthening and you know, we, we've been doing this a lot of a lot in our Pilates classes. These are functional movements, right? So we are working on um, lunges, for example, getting down, coming back up, getting down, coming back up, because you will need this in your day to day life. And then we're adding a resistance band, we're adding some weights, for example, in there, so that you can then go off and do this in your day to day life. Um, without the brain kind of completely freaking out and saying, well, Liz, um, sorry, but you're just going to have to stay at home and sit on the sofa because this is not good for you. This is dangerous. So 
we like to um, take it a little bit of a with a pinch of salt sometimes the pain and again I'm not saying to ignore it but I'm saying to to maybe dig in a little bit deeper especially if you had all your MRIs and all your um, your investigations by the doctor and they cannot find you know something specific that might be wrong sorry that was a lot of a lot of stuff there going on okay so laura is saying arresting is great is the key to me whenever i cross the line and you know um my restorative teacher always said this to me you almost you want to really know where that line is because you don't want to cross it right how can we not do something before we cross that line so um little dose of resting movement um before it starts to kind of before you kind of go further okay laura is clarifying resetting not resting resting is good though laura all i'm saying is don't start to avoid movement um because you think that that may might make it worse no movement is good but we might have to look at the dose a little bit okay so um right liz is saying have to set a timer for chores yes i like that so give yourself a you know and i do this as well right especially if i've got things that take a long time i say i'm giving myself 45 minutes to do this and then i stop and do something else i can always come back to it um, but these is it's about it's actually more productive anyway as well. Um, I'm trying to teach this to my husband, but he doesn't listen to me. <laughs> um, back brace helps, but try not to use very often use correct uh, posture corrections. Yes, and I I'm not yeah back brace sometimes it's just it's just easy and it's useful especially if you know you've got something. Um, where you physically, I don't know, if you're, if you're, if you know you're going to be ten hours um, for whatever reason, sitting somewhere or or standing up or or you know doing one activity, and you need that support, then do give yourself that support. But you don't want to start relying on it. Um, so laying over Swiss ball releases kyphosis and pecs. Yes, so Liz, you've got lots of you've got lots of options, right? You've got lots of tools there that you can use as well. Okay, let me come back to Nyla if she's still here. So um, she's it's an S-curve scoliosis, but when when you look from the side, you can see the curve how you described. So I'm I reckon that there, and we actually have someone in the Shine membership who was talking about this this week as well. So there is a kyphosis and there is a scoliosis going on. And um, this ties in nicely with someone else in the Facebook group who also was talking about, who um, was sharing actually a, a picture. This is, this is um, Sandra. She's saying, I got diagnosed with scoliosis. The x-ray says the curve is minimal. But why is my back so rounded with a huge rib hump and severe pain? So again, I'm going to throw a little bit of research uh, there to you. While scoliosis um, 
doesn't seem to be like an exact science of pain and severe uh, severity of the curve and big amount of pain. There is more research and confirming that a, a bigger amount of kyphosis does lead to more pain and disability, actually. So actually, the kyphosis is probably worse than the scoliosis. And obviously, we have to determine, so some of this hump that you're talking about could come from the rotation and the scoliosis. But I think, well, just looking at the pictures I've seen there in the, in the Facebook group, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound very likely. So it sounds more that this is actually coming from the, the kyphosis. And this is kind of a different way of, of working. So whereas, you know, in, the, in our yoga for scoliosis and Pilates for scoliosis sessions, we do most things in a neutral spine position and we work on elongation, we work on strengthening, um, resetting, obviously, as Laura mentioned as well. For kyphosis, you kind of need that mobility, first of all, um, before you can start to kind of um, strengthen things up again. And, and before you can start to lengthen even. And everyone, anyone with locked kyphosis knows this, right? If somebody tells you to stand up straight, you're probably just bending into your lower back and think that, and just maybe even just lifting your chin, but nothing is actually happening in your thoracic spine because it might be really locked up and immobile. So we kind of have to release some of that tension and that tightness first, um, mobilize, and then you can start to lengthen and then you can start to strengthen as well. Good. Um, yes, exactly. So, so yes. So kyphosis. Um, and again, Nyla, sorry, I keep distract, keep being distracted from this. Um, it, it's kind of two different conditions. But what I would say to you, if you only have the kyphosis when you're looking at yourself from one side. And then when you're looking at yourself from the other side, it's not there, then that is the scoliosis talking here. So, and especially if you're saying that your thoracic scoliosis is a hundred degrees, that is a severe curvature. Um, and then, so it's very likely that obviously it could be from that. Good. So obviously you were asking um, which, stretches would help for that so again it's very difficult for me to recommend anything in particular without knowing anything else about you so there's a lot of things I would ask you I would ask you um, you know what are the type of activities that you do during the day I would ask you how old you are um, when you were first diagnosed um, where exactly where you're feeling pain if you are feeling pain you might not be feeling pain so I would need a little bit more information but in general anything that elongates you that lengthens you out is going to be good obviously if things are really tight and locked up and if it has been for a long time this way we might have to start a different way and we might have to start to release first before we can make those changes. 
Good, Mini Monster. Hello. Um, I visibly from the front. Let me bring this up here. I visibly visibly from the front have left ribs that stick out on the right, and I have a deeper dip on my waistline. Is that from scoliosis? Possibly. If you have been, have you been diagnosed with scoliosis? Um, then, well, yes, that could be from your scoliosis. That would be the uh, some of it, the ribs sticking out could be from the rotational component. So remember, when there's a side wood curvature, there's always a rotation as well. So that could push your left ribs forwards. And then obviously the waist might be that um, the, the side wood component. So that maybe your convexity is on one side. And then where you have your concave side, there might be a little bit of a dip. Having said this, this could have other reasons as well. For example, are your legs the same length? It could be a leg length difference, which wouldn't explain the rotation necessarily in the, in the ribs, but it could have other um, causes as well. Okay, I was told I had scoliosis as a child and wore a brace, um, but just to keep my shoulders back. Okay, so... Uh, yes, and it kind of, again, it depends on how old you are and when this might have been uh, that they have given you the, that type of brace, which country you are in. Again, the approaches tend to be different. Um, but maybe at that point, they were more concerned about the kyphosis and that they didn't want you to start kind of rounding forwards and they wanted you to, to, to be more upright. Maybe that was the only way that um, they could kind of um, think about of correcting or helping you with this. Um, but I would always say um, there should be some sort of physiotherapy movement practice along with the brace. It's not enough just to, to have a brace, in my opinion. Um, Good. So I, I hope that that helps you in any way. Um, obviously, again, in terms of what we do about this, there, there might be different ways, obviously, of approaching this as well. Good. Let me see if we've got one more here in the, in the Facebook group. Um, there was one more about... Pain. Okay, Ranjana is asking, I was diagnosed with scoliosis in my teens and wore braces for three years. I never had a problem, but for the last one year, I'm having back pain and have severe pain after getting up from bed for a few hours. Otherwise, I'm fine. I don't know how to manage the pain. So I'm hoping everything that we've kind of said before already is uh, has helped you as well. So um, diagnosed with scoliosis in, the, in my teens. So how did this, I'm going to go all psychology on you here, but how did wearing a brace for three years in your teenage years, um, how did this affect you? You know, how did it make you feel? Uh, do you still think about the brace sometimes? Do you still feel like you like you're missing something like you need the brace i'm just you know 
throwing things out here. Um, so wearing a brace can very much kind of add to all your bucket. If we talk about this bucket of threat again, it can add to this. It's traumatic, right? It's a traumatic experience and I'm not against it. Um, a lot of kids absolutely need a brace to get them through those growing years, obviously, where they grow really quickly and, and help them to make sure that the, that the scoliosis get worse. But we cannot, um, we cannot expect for everything just to be completely going back to normal after wear, wearing this plastic thing for three years while your body is developing um, as, a, as a teenager and you've got enough problems going on, right? There's all sorts of things going on in your, in your teenage years. So I'm, again, I'm throwing this out there to, to help a little bit with not just making this about one thing mainly and not that Ranjana has been doing this at all. She's just saying that um, it's, it's in the morning, it kind of, she needs to, to get going a little bit and she hasn't got any problems otherwise and we don't want her to, to have any, any other problems. Um, but obviously what, what I would say to that obviously is have a little bit of a routine in the morning, give yourself time, give yourself some um, self-care, right, before you start your day. And again, this is this is a signal or it's 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 um, it's something that your brain perceives to be a threat. And maybe that's being static for a long period of time. So when you sleep, you are in one position, right? Maybe your brain is like, this is not good for me um, or it's not good for you. <laughs> so I'm going to give you pain. So what are the things that you could do in the morning to release that type of pain. So, you, you know, experiment a little bit, but we've got plenty of practice videos here on this channel, um, gentle morning movements, things like that. I think there is even a yoga practice called morning practice for scoliosis. Um, start with that, right? And then see what's, what's helping you. You might have to look at the, the way that you sleep as well. So again, there, there are some videos on this channel about um, sleeping positions and I'm experimenting this in my own body at the moment I'm trying to get myself to sleep on the back which is not the easiest thing I can I can tell you um, but I basically noticed that I got myself into a lot of rotation when I sleep so I'm trying to um, be a little bit more in a neutral spine and, and trying to sleep on my back but it's not the easiest thing I'll keep you updated on that um, but these are just a, a couple of things that you might want to, to look at, right? So the, the, the way that you sleep, how you feel about your scoliosis in general, um, and then what can you do to, um, to look after yourself, right? So we, we don't have to be jumping out of the bed straight away and... Um, feeling all amazing right so again it's it's a it's a it's a signal that maybe you need a little bit more time good so liz is saying your videos and guidance are very helpful thank you you're welcome 
good mini monster. I'm going to try and say this word. Could costrochondritis be caused by scoliosis? I have no idea what that is, I'm afraid. So um, itis is some sort of inflammation, um, but I don't know. I'm not familiar with that condition at all. So um, sorry about that. <laughs> Good. Uh, just lifting my chest up helps greatly as well as is, is Liz saying this. And this is obviously Liz who's saying she's doing a lot of gardening and housework. Yes, you know, it's it's opening up that space here. All these things are will be great for you and help you personally with your resetting and, and whatever that might be. But it might also be um, thinking about, you know, maybe bringing in some again if, if you're telling me you've got too many things to do that you don't have time to lounge around kind of a, a warning signal to me that maybe maybe you do need to slow it down a little bit again it doesn't mean lie on the sofa um but maybe bringing in some pranayama maybe bringing in some breathing practice into your yoga as well Okay, so inflammation of the chest wall, very painful. Okay, so yes, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with the with the condition, but obviously, um, scoliosis, you know, can have an effect on the on the whole body, right? So it's it's every part of the body that is um, that is involved here. Is your Pilates training still ongoing? Sorry if I missed it earlier. So yes, so Pilates is very much a uh, here to stay in the in the Shine membership. So we've got Sunday sessions. We don't have it this week because it's Easter, and I'm going to Germany tomorrow morning. Um, but in general, yes, we've got a Sunday evening session, slightly shorter session, so 45 minutes, which I think is great and just the perfect amount of time because it's a little bit more. Um, active and it's a little bit more you know we use our weights we we use the resistance band um, we use props so I feel like this is the the perfect amount of time for it and you can feel it right and you you feel that you you have done some work but yes so that is here to stay in the shine membership if you are not a member right now but you would like to join us for the next two days still, you can get your first month at 50% off, which is 24.50 in pounds. Um, and it's a great way, especially if you are kind of relatively new to all of this, but you do want to kind of get into your regular habit of practicing, then this is a great way. So yoga and Pilates, any movement practice is only going to help or create a difference if you actually do it. If you're just watching videos or reading about this, it's probably not gonna do very much, I'm afraid. So this is why, you know, the, the Shine membership is there because scoliosis doesn't go away, I'm afraid. Um, we might improve certain aspects, we might move better, we might um, be able to improve the posture, but the, the scoliosis pattern will still be there. So we kind of have to keep going and, and working with it all our lives. Good. So Liz is saying she's enjoyed or she's enjoying the Pilates session. Excellent. Lovely. So um, I enjoyed this chat. Hope you did too. Thank you so much for 
all your questions. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and yes, join us in the Facebook group. Join us in Shine if you're more committed, uh, if you're committing to kind of a regular practice. And yeah, I hope to see you very soon and keep your, keep your questions coming. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, which will help me to create lots more amazing content. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net.